Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, man, with all this uh, you know news of all the future, we haven't really talked as much about the past. And I can't believe I'm saying it's past already, but it's uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Let's talk a little more about your feedback. All that right of this ad we have no control over. It was so sensual. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> I gotta memorize what that voice sounds like. Hi, it's Late Night with Matthew Carroll. <laughs> We're here to talk about your love and thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. I'm Ashley Coffin. And today, we're talking about some love and thunder feedback. Uh, We've talked about this movie a little bit, so let's just jump in. Allison Barnes on Gmail says, Hey, Ashley, Jeff, and Matt. I really enjoyed Love and Thunder and love Hemsworth, Bale, Portman, and Watiti kids were all involved in the project. Does Thor have children in the comics? Uh, Do you think Love will be a young Avenger? Love you 3000 and Thunder. (laughs) Love you 3000 in parentheses and Thunder. (laughs) Allison. (laughs) That's funny. Um, I don't. I don't I, know. I actually have no idea. I I have no doubt that there are I would versions. Say yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I do remember this. Uh, actually, I just watched some sort of breakdown on YouTube or something where they were talking about Thor's children. Uh, after the Sweet Child of Mine trailer dropped, a bunch of people were like, "Thor's going to get a kid," and here's the versions of the kids they have. He has in comics. So, like, yes, there are kids in comics for sure. Wooden. Wooden. W o d e n is the son of Thor and Lady Sith from Earth six nine one. Okay, well there you go. So there are versions, but I don't, I don't think it's very common. I don't know where Love is going because she seems to have the powers of eternity, which is a pretty big deal. You're gonna have to protect her too. Yeah. Oh, uh, Sherman Smith over on our Patreon just asked the question, uh, isn't love the child of gore, not eternity? Because we were talking about it in the last episode about, uh, or the other Thor episodes about how she's uh, the child of eternity. And like, yes, technically, like the, the, the child that is there is like the child of gore, but like. Inside. <laughs> right. But inside eternity, like created her and it seems to be passing on a bunch of the powers so it seems like a combination of the powers of the like parentage of gore uh, and his people and then like eternity giving her powers of some sort so i yeah i don't know huh. crazy it seems more like like she has the personality of gore's kid with all the like powers of eternity the flourishes <laughs> yeah and 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 has lightning powers kind of like her laser powers or something <laughs> That kid's too powerful. Uh-huh. So, so uh, she mentioned, are they? is she going to be a young Avenger? So what do you think? Do you think she's... Sure. I mean, I don't see the point of bringing that character in just to get rid of her immediately. And I honestly, if you take another person away from Thor, I'm just going to be very upset. He's gone through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we brought that up on the first cast. Like, he's lost so much, and now they give him a daughter. You better not. You'd better uh, uh, not. Oh, no way. I can't wait to see the scene when he's like, Loki, you're alive. Look, here, my daughter. <laughs> and he's gonna be like, What? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't think he I don't think she's gonna be a young Avenger. And my reasoning is just that like she's just way too powerful. I think the young Avengers are gonna be more of like an earth based thing. 
but now that I say that out loud, like the Avengers was mostly Earth based, but they had the one God of Thunder, yeah, that was very powerful. So maybe <laughs> if they don't get Wiccan in speed, they're going to need somebody. Yeah, I think they will though, right? They got to. Uh, maybe. I mean, it's the multiverse saga. We get everybody we want. Yeah, bring them in. <laughs> All right. Kelly McKim on Gmail says, Hello, Matt, Jeff, and the amazing Ashley. Hey, girl. Uh, hey. <laughs> I've been listening to the cast for many years and love to hear your takes on all the amazing MCU content. Uh, your cast has been the perfect balance of fan excitement, thirst commentary, bow down, bow down to the thirst queen, Ashley, <laughs> and authentic analysis of plot and character development that highlights how these stories become so indelible to pop culture. Whew. Okay. Gush, gush, <laughs> praise, praise, <laughs> and all metaphorical, awkward Peter Parker slash Tony hugs that get me in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> now on to the feedback. I have such mixed feelings about this movie. The first five minutes of the film were absolutely gripping. Christian Bale did a phenomenal job capturing the absolute horror and helplessness of watching a child die. The shadow of him carrying his daughter in his arms was haunting. The juxtaposition of those scenes with the silliness of Thor's pants being flicked off. <laughs> Not that I didn't enjoy that. Uh, never quite melded for me. Uh, there were scenes I absolutely loved, including Laser Teddy Bear, <laughs> uh, Jealous Stormbreaker, and basically any screen time with Valkyrie and Jane Foster. But overall, the two tones just clashed for me. I really wish that the last scene of the movie revealed that the voiceover of Korg through the movie was actually him talking to the daughter of Eternity, uh, telling her about her adoptive dad, this would have left the opportunity for Thor to interrupt and correct him slash argue about how some things went down. It would have made more sense to me with some of the cartoony parts of the movie and also would explain why it wasn't as dark a story as I feel Christian Bale was capable of portraying since Korg would be telling a bedtime story. Uh, that twist would allow all the events to have occurred in the MCU timeline, but leaves room to change the tone of some of the characters moving forward in other properties. Just my thoughts. I can't wait to hear more about your take. Hmm. hmm. First off, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for the very, very kind words, Kelly. Um <laughs> To, uh, I, lo I, I, I find something very interesting and compelling about that, like the idea that this could be in the MCU, but also be sort of like a story that he's telling inside the MCU so that mm -hmm. the events are true, but the tone is maybe like, like I, I could almost see a, a version of this movie where Korg is telling the story and then little eternity goes like like act scared at a certain moment. And then he intentionally goes like, Oh, you're right. I shouldn't tell you that. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you that part or something like that. And like backs off, like it's getting dark. And then we're, we're like, it's almost like hanging a lantern on the fact that like, we're not going to get too dark in this movie, but there's some dark stuff going on, you know? Yeah. It's hearing the actors in interviews so far say that there was so many, so much different stuff that was supposed to happen. Like how mm -hmm. it was supposed to open and the more you know, 
evil Christian Bale stuff. I, I don't know. I wish they wouldn't tell us that stuff because then I want that movie so bad. Mm-hmm. And I love this movie and I had a great time with it. I, I didn't have a problem. Like a, a lot of people, you know, the I thought the back and forth was good because it kept my emotions going and that makes me happy, you know, feel things. So when it's extreme one way and then it goes extreme the other way, as people without feelings are like, oh, I feel something. Um, Mm. But I don't know. I liked the back and forth. But I really, you have to like the directors. And uh, Taika's movies are very much like that. So I like it. Um, But I understand where people are coming from with it. Taika, as I said on our first reaction, took me way deeper emotionally than he has in previous things I've seen him do. Um, But I still... I didn't mind the blending of tones. I didn't think it was as seamless as James Gunn can do it. I really right. didn't think it like, it, I, I could tell there's a tone shift. You know what I mean? James Gunn, it feels like, oh no, this is all just the same world. Like you can have this tones, this, <laughs> you can have Ronan stand next to Star-Lord and have them interact and it makes sense. In this, it felt like when it's, time to fight gore thor was not still the same silly thor thor steps in and he's like i am the god of thunder and i will fight you now you know like mm-hmm. it feels it it does feel like there's a actual shift whereas james gunn's just sort of like no no silliness exists and terror exists and it's just a thing like let it be um so i i definitely get where she's saying that but like i also really thought the gore stuff worked in a way that like i didn't think that Ragnarok's serious moments worked. And that first five minutes, I mean, she says it, but that first five minutes is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, and sets up mm-hmm. the character so well. So, I yeah. That. I don't know. I, I like them. I like the movie a lot, but I could definitely, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is about Taika that I just like can't. It's, it is, it is like he doesn't know how to bridge the tones, but like he did better in this one at getting to a different tone. Whereas in Ragnarok, it just felt silly the whole time. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would prefer. Like would I prefer the cohesiveness of one tone or the, uh, you know, more expansiveness of him going back and forth like this. Our choice. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I want the two hour and 40 minute director cut or the four hours or whatever it is. I hope we at least get some sort of DVD extra that shows us a lot of those scenes. Like if you brought in Goldblum and you brought in Dinklage and you had Christian Bale do scenes with them. Well, I, 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 I'm telling you, it's because of everybody freaking out about mom being too scary that they took a lot of that stuff out. It's possible. I guarantee it's all you whiners out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, people have very different tastes. And I, I don't know if it's a direct result of mom, because that was literally weeks ago. You know, I don't know if they, they had time to re-edit the movie and make it cohesive like they did. Yeah. They would have probably had to do some reshoots here and there. Um, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's as we talked. We, we talked about all this last time, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it could be that like he killed people in those scenes that in the MCU they don't want dead. You know what I mean? Like they might be like, yeah. ooh, we killed the Grand Master, and then we decided, ooh, what about this other place we could use him? And then they keep him. You know, there could be all kinds of little, little other things they're thinking about. But like, yeah, Gore was terrifying, and I would have liked to see him kill more gods like that. Couple more. Yeah. Make it gods we've never seen before. Like, or go- this is the problem with an expansive universe where they don't know what they're going to do forever. Because, like, after the multiverse saga, we're past phase six. What are they going to do? Are we going to get, like, 
all new characters in which case how deep are they going to have to go on the bench and then like maybe they don't want to have gore kill a god they might use 30 movies from now you know yeah it's hard yeah but i agree with you i think it's mostly because they were they were trying to keep the tone balanced to where it was like reasonable for reasonably scary for people like me and you reasonably uh friendly for people that don't want the darkness as much yeah, it's it's a hard balance. I, I wouldn't want to be on, you know, it would be hard to be on that team and doing the work to be like, what gets kept and what doesn't. Yeah. And it's hard when you're watching things like The Boys that just do not, they just don't pull any punches, you know? Yeah. Get as dark or as weird as they want to, you know? I like dark and weird. I do too. I do too. You know, it's funny. I don't, I like the friendly fun stuff too. Like I really don't, it doesn't have to be dark and weird for me. I guess I just like when it goes dark and weird, it makes me feel like they're handcuffing the creators if they don't go all the way. Right. Yeah. I honestly feel like that happened to Taika a little bit. Yeah. I think that's probably true because I think that Gore had the potential to be like just absolutely terrifying. And he was, but like, yes, if they could have gone further with it for sure. Hmm. Okay. Up next, we got Dominic Ripholtz says, uh, dear Matt, Jeff and Ashley, I watched Thor Love and Thunder yesterday, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I give it a rating of 44 out of Thor, which I guess is very good. 40. Okay. I like it. Uh, (laughs) I don't really understand the negative criticism. The movie was funny. I liked both the slow and the action scenes. Uh, Gore was an awesome villain uh, with a nice redemption at the end. And overall, the characters played very well together. The giant goats were, in my opinion, the goat of the movie. Uh, <laughs> when is their Disney Plus spinoff coming? <laughs> oh, no. Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> the whole movie, I was afraid that Thor would die and Jane or someone else would pick up his cape and continue as Thor in the upcoming MCU movies. But as it turns out, he was the only one of the group that didn't almost die. (laughs) I'm so excited for Thor to return in future movies with his new sidekick. I liked that they included the new Asgard tourist tours, uh, which we already heard of in Miss Marvel, and your prediction for Gore's backstory was absolutely right. Just from seeing some tattoos and later scars. (laughs) Ha, yeah. Um, (laughs) I just would have wished the Guardians of the Galaxy would have played a bigger role in the movie. It was fine the way it played out, but to me, it felt kind of useless to send them on adventures together at the end of Endgame just to see them split up at the beginning of the next movie. Do you think that was always the plan, or did they cut some of the ideas for Asgardians of the Galaxy? Zeus does not feel like a threat yet, but I hope to see more in an upcoming movie. Instead of him, I wished to see the scene of Loki at the TVA at the end credits. But I guess we can't always get what we wish for. Anyways, keep up the great work. I'm always excited to listen to new episodes. Cheers, Dominic. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think that they would have planned too much more with the Guardians of the Galaxy just because it is a Thor movie. Well, I think the real question to me is... Like, I think it makes sense that he left the Guardians here. 
but in a different world. I wonder how the final cut of Endgame coincided with the leaving of James Gunn and the return of James Gunn. Mm. Because I think James Gunn had a story he wanted to tell with the Guardians. And it is possible, I'd have to really go back and look at the dates, that when they canceled James Gunn, they were like, okay, well, what are we going to do with Guardians 3? As Guardians of the Galaxy, and they were going to like mm. put it, put him out there and have Thor be in the next Guardians movie. But then when they decided not to do it, because I think originally Guardians three was supposed to be in this phase, I believe. Okay. And it it might have been that like originally Guardians three was supposed to be sooner because they pushed it back a year because of a uh, because of the James Gunn stuff when yeah. he came back and decided to make the movie anyway. They pushed it back, so. My guess of what happened is that they may have always planned to do something like Love and Thunder with him uh, him leaving the Guardians. Yeah. But maybe Guardians 3 would have happened before this where he was like uh, still in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we actually yeah. got to see a whole movie with him there, you know? That would have been fun. Yeah. I think that, that that's, that's, I think, what um, Dominique is getting at more than... Well, he says, he said he would like to see more Guardians. I don't know that I would have wanted more Guardians in this, but I would have loved to seen a movie that, like, had Thor in the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we might have gotten that, but then when Gunn came back, they were like... Gunn's like, no, 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 I have my plan. Like, I know what happens <laughs> in Guardians 3. I've known for... You know, he said uh, his idea for the Guardians sort of trilogy, he like had the whole thing pretty scoped out, at least how he wanted it to end before he started Guardians 1. Like when he said uh, he went and pitched Guardians 1 to the to Marvel and on his drive home, he was like excited and he just like thought up the whole like arc for all the characters and where they would so end up. Talented. Yeah. Ugh. So good. I just want to be talented like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh man. They're they're gonna be doing a lot with Loki season two and how it's gonna like interact with you know what the multiverse and John Majors and like we'll probably we saw John Major's statue of a version of Kang at the end of the movie or at the end of season one. So like it seems like they're going to be tying Loki into this phase pretty tightly. It's the multiverse saga. It's the first place we met the multiverse. It's the inciting incident that allowed the multiverse to exist. Mm-hmm. It's the first place we met Kang. It's We're going to get more, probably, of John Majors in season two. So, like, if they do all of this, and it's the multiverse saga, and they tie Loki throughout it, and then we don't get a solid ending where he gets to see his brother one last time, I will be pretty upset. Pretty, pretty pissed. Yeah. Thor needs it, too. <laughs> yeah, he does. He needs to see his brother and see what he's made of himself, you know? Did you see that? There's this, like, facts about Thor going around, and I didn't open the article, but one of them is in um, Avengers. He has Loki's, if you look at his costume, Loki's helmet is on the sides of his arms on his, like, uh, you know, his Thor warrior outfit. And Aww. then he also has a black braid of Loki's hair tied into his hair in Ultron. Man. I was like, didn't notice it, but I love it. Yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. Mm. Up next, we got Bailey Roberts says, my name is Bailey. I listened (laughs) to 
y'all almost every day at work, and I love the theories and thoughts y'all have about something I really love. No one I know is into Marvel like I am that I see all the time, so it is good to have y'all to get all my excitement out over all this new content Marvel Studios is giving us. Thor Love and Thunder was my first time watching a Marvel movie in theaters on the day it comes out, and wow, was it awesome. I loved hearing the audience reactions, including my own. (laughs) At first, I was not expecting much from this movie, but it was better than I could have imagined. To me, it was better than DS Mom. Scoff. I love the theme to this movie and loved that Gore's daughter was love and Thor was Thunder. I was super excited that Thor and Jane got back together and hope we see so much more of Jane. Also, what if Thor's parents come back, even if it's not for long, and maybe even Loki and Heimdall? Anyway, I am definitely dressing up as Jane Foster Thor this Halloween, if I can afford the costume. Pinkies up, Jeff. (laughs) That's rad. Thank you, Bailey. It's always fun to see them opening night at the theaters. It's kind of, it's funny. I don't get to like experience it because I go at three so that we can match up together. Like we used to go at like nine o'clock on like Friday night and it was wild. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I brought Katie. She's like, it's actually kind of tame. I'm like, yeah, girl, it's three o'clock in the afternoon on the Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) These are the people who do Marvel for like it's business, you know, Mm -hmm. like three o'clock is like for us. Obviously, we literally are like trying to get it done so we can go to the podcast as quick as possible. But also like, you know, there's just people who are like, hey, I got work. I got life. Three o'clock is when I can fit it in. I'm going first thing, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, seeing it first. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. (laughs) But uh. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's wonderful to see him in the theaters. I'm, it's funny, Bailey, that you've never uh, gotten a chance to do that. That's super cool. Um, and as for seeing Jane more, like, I mean, we've talked about it since the first, literally, like, first days of this podcast, making death matter in Marvel movies. But now they're, like, going to this place where literally we have access to Egyptian afterlife, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 um, as guardian afterlife and now, and, uh, the Wakandan afterlife. And it's like, d- does, does, does death matter? Like, they may have just decided it doesn't like, yeah, yeah it just doesn't Only matter. Only if you're Natasha, apparently. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I, we've got to see Natasha again in like secret wars, right? better we better <laughs> um but yeah i i think it's, it's it's we just talked about seeing loki and thor interact and like this is yet another way they could do that but i think all of us fans of the show loki would be annoyed now if it's the other version of loki like prior to loki the show coming out we were all like yeah but this isn't even our loki he's like not lived through you know the last four movies that loki was in but now right. i really want the loki from the TV show to show up, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Cause he doesn't really like it's a completely different Loki, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Very different Ugh. dude. Very different dude. But uh yeah. Thanks, Bailey. Thanks for writing in. All right, up next we have Nick T. Um, he says, Hi guys, Nick T here. Uh first time writing in, I really liked Thor. 
but I did have one question. Uh, when Gore stole Stormbreaker, my that has a big like. <laughs> so, so when say when, when Gore stole, stole Stormbreaker, <laughs> you try it. You try no. saying when Gore stole Stormbreaker three times fast. Do it. Do when it. Gore stole Stormbreaker. When Gore stole Stormbreaker. When Gore stole Stormbreaker. It's kind of hard though, right? It's you so did it, hard. but it's kind of hard. I had to like think about it. <laughs> When Gore stole Stormbreaker, uh, couldn't Thor just have called it back to him? Or what are the rules for that as far as distance and realms go? Keep up the great content. Love you guys, 3000. Pretty sure that's just Mjolnir. Yeah, I mean, he does seem to be able to, like, call it to himself. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know... Like... Once Gore is wielding Stormbreaker, it may not be so easy. And it, and it also, it does seem to come through realms because we saw it during the convergence in uh, Dark Realms. But that, again, that was uh, Mjolnir. So, I don't know. I don't know. Mjolnir seems to have, well, prior to this movie, Mjolnir seemed to have more of a consciousness. But in this movie, uh, it seems pretty likely that uh, Thor has... Or that Stormbreaker has some sort of consciousness. It's probably because of um, Groot. I mean, that tree yeah. has a personality. <laughs> yeah, someone else brought that up. That, uh, like, do we think that the uh, reason that the Stormbreaker has such a personality is, 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 is Groot? Uh, it so would make sense. the most people, sense. Uh, yeah, I think it absolutely makes sense. It's like <laughs> a, a Groot axe, which is, yeah, totally. Very interesting. It makes the whole... It's just so neat how, like, the those things weave together. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> like a basket. So, I, so I don't know. I guess I don't know the answer to the question. I, I don't know... Uh, I don't know how far he can call Stormbreaker. And also, while Stormbreaker does have some sort of loyalty and allegiances, because he seems to be... He or she seems to be... Sentient? Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, some sort of sentience going on in Stormbreaker. Because of when he's like, Stormbreaker, what are you doing? When he's yeah. like, so yeah, and he's just a little <laughs> mad. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he couldn't, he tried. He tried to call him back and Stormbreaker's like, nah, I got a new man now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have Geneva. Hey, everyone, my name is Geneva, and I've been listening to all your old episodes before I get to the newer stuff. I just listened to your reactions cast from Spider-Man Homecoming. I've got a long way to go, but I did listen to your Thor Love and Thunder reaction cast because I oh. loved this movie. She's going to talk about exactly what I talked about. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else saw that thing, too. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, here we go. I was just wondering if any of you noticed the lock of dark hair... Uh, Loki's hair intertwined in one of Thor's braids. I noticed it on my first watch, but was distracted by everything else going on. On my second watch, I confirmed that it was there. Wanted to know what y'all thought. Keep up the awesome work. How funny. I saw it in the article, not in the movie. Um, but I think that's great. I love little details like that. Now you have to go look for the uh, armor that has Loki's crown on it on the sides. Yeah. Did you say that was in Avengers? I, the article said Avengers, which was weird to me, but ugh, I'd have to yeah. look at it. I mean, I guess it's not that weird that he have his brother's symbol on his mm -hmm. armor, but like, yeah, in Avengers, he's the enemy. So yeah. it'd be weird. 
Yeah. But I love the lock of hair after his death as like a posthumous, like, you know. I'm like, when did he go get that? I'm pretty sure he left him on Dirt Planet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Loki, always getting left behind on all the, mm-hmm. all the Dirt Planets. But no, no, he was on the ship the last time he saw him, I guess. When he got the hair, you mean? Or when he got the... Yeah, if when if Loki died, when would he have gotten his hair? Because he turns into a... They would have thought that they abandoned, they left his body there. And then he turns into a guard who then turns into Odin. So there was no body. Well, that, oh, when did... Are we talking about in Thor Love and Thunder, there was the braid? Or are we talking about... Uh, no, that's I what, think it that's was what, an Ultron. Oh, okay, she was saying the braid was in Thor Love and Thunder. Maybe oh, they, maybe she didn't see the maybe thing. Maybe she just noticed it in the... Uh, yeah, so she's saying it's in Thor: Love and Thunder. Geneva's saying so, like uh, maybe it is. I didn't, I didn't catch it. But um, if so, that that makes a little more sense because yeah. Thor that it would have been on the Asgardian ship, so his body would still be with the Asgardians when that version of Loki died. <laughs> that time. That time. <laughs> mm. Yep, I think it's great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you noticed it, Geneva, because I did not notice it, and I definitely didn't know that it was Loki's hair. That's really cool. It's in Ultron. Okay, cool. And it doesn't continue into the other movies? Okay, yeah. Well, he has his hair cut in the next one, and then there... It, uh, let me see. I guess it's both in Ultron, where he has the Loki symbol on his arm. Do you see okay. it? Right, and that's after he th- thought he died on the desert planet then. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. But it might be in, th- I didn't look, um, I didn't notice it, uh, but I will look when I watch that movie again. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right, well, uh, I guess that's about all of our all of our time today. Um, man, so much, so much good about this movie. Um I definitely understand some of the criticisms of like tones and stuff, but I also mm-hmm. just think the movie's so much fun. So I really, much fun. I've only seen it once so far, and I really intended to go see it again, but things have just been crazy in life right now. Yeah, that. Thank goodness that they put them out forty-five days after because we're halfway there. We have to be. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Disney Plus. Thank you, Disney Plus. Good looking out, girl. <laughs> Oh man, when does I am Groot start? Is that next week? You're asking like, me. Well, I'm I'm asking Google at the same time, uh, and it's August 10th. I, I knew one of you, you or Google, would answer first, and I figured it'd be Google, but I thought I'd give you the chance. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait for that one. Favorite property coming up. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, it's crazy. It's coming out August 10th, and then we have She Hulk on August 17th. Hmm. I wonder if it's. It can't be very long. I, I'm wondering how they're going to release I Am Groot. I think they're doing, like, it's like six mini episodes. Okay. But they just did that for Baymax, or you know, the Baymax show, and I believe they dropped those all at once. So oh, maybe oh, maybe sorry. with... What's up? I googled the wrong thing, and it said 16 episodes, and I was like, what? But it said, I am not a robot, is the oh. show. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I Am Groot, I'm pretty sure it's six episodes, but they're, they're shorts. So. Okay. It's going to be like six shorts. So I have a feeling they're going to do what they did with Baymax a couple weeks ago and drop them all at once. It's going to be five shorts uh, totaling 15 minutes each. Oh, that's longer than I was expecting. I think the Bay, well, maybe the Baymax shorts were longer than I'm thinking. They seemed really short. I only watched the first couple. Interesting. Keep meaning to go back because that's a Marvel guy too. 
He's not in the mm-hmm. MCU yet, but he's 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 a Marvel guy. <laughs> he's a little Marvel guy. I'm just waiting for October. I didn't hear them say anything about werewolves by night. They didn't really. They only said when Blade was coming out, which that's a I'm good very point. Much, if I didn't say it, that one, I'm very much looking forward to Blade. I can't wait. But it's going to be yeah. hard because I love the original. Yeah. Any, so- uh, you, you mentioned it when we were talking about Fantastic Four on the last episode, but like anything that has a previous version gets more scrutiny, either because they're like, are they going to make the same mistakes the previous one made? Or if it's wonderful, it's always hard to live up to. It needs know? to be a continuation. They can't redo Blade. No Deacon Frost. Where's Blade now? Where's Blade where it comes to the MCU? Because, I mean, he is a Marvel character, which is really fun. And that movie didn't talk about it at all. But if it wasn't for Blade, we wouldn't making bajillions of dollars. We would not have the MCU as we have it now because that got Marvel a lot of money. So I think it would be really dumb to try to retell that same story again. I think they just need to bring him into what is he doing now? Things are crazy. And, you know, tell us about all the monsters. Now, it's been years to seen Blade. Did they do an origin story in the in the, in the there's original flashbacks blade? of um when they're talking about it, there's flashbacks of his mother going into birth being bit, and he immediately is a vampire. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see if they're like going. Is he so he's a vampire? Does he age? He's a half breed, slower. Right. So Blade is slower. He can walk in the. He's a daywalker, so he can walk in the daytime. At night, he ages slower, but he has to drink blood, which is why he has that serum that he invented with his buddy Whistler, the scientist who like hangs mm-hmm. out with him. Who found him and helped stop him, you know, helped him use his own blood to create the serum or something like that. Right, right. And speaking of, uh, like, you know, we talked about Chris Evans being Johnny Storm. We got in the third movie of the Blade trilogy, we got a Ryan Reynolds. We got a Deadpool appearance. Don't talk about that movie. Oh, all right. Well, guys, thank you for joining us here on the MCU cast. We'll be back very soon. Uh, Did you want to tell them about BATT? Oh, yeah. We are a couple episodes in now to Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater. This week, we are dropping our coverage of Friday the 13th. We just did American Psycho with all this talk about um, Christian Bale. So if you want to see his kind of origin movie, technically, (laughs) this one really brought him into who he is today as an actor. And yeah, the Friday the 13th one's coming out and it's a little long, but we have a lot to say about that movie. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that one. Uh, listen to them and I'm really enjoying Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater um, you guys go check it out on all the all the services go search for Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater give it a subscription uh, give it a five star review it would be really really helpful for them starting a new show it's always a big deal um, getting those early five star reviews are a big deal for the for the feed so yeah, please thank help. you so much to everybody who's already reviewed like it makes my day I love yeah. hearing that people who aren't into horror are really getting a lot out of it because we're we're just taking apart every single part of how the movie was made from the idea to it being released and then what happens after. It's just really fun to learn. Yeah. And with Bill being so into the history and and being like a a movie historian, the way he is like, it's so interesting because he like puts it in context of other movies you may may or may not have seen and like how they relate to this movie. And like, it just really, really ties it all together in a really cool way. So please (laughs) check that out guys. It is our juxtaposition is funny because he's so well spoken and tough and da da da, and I'm over here like Quentin Tarantino, like blah, blah, blah. I love this. <laughs> it's very interesting to listen to the two of them. That's the balance, man. You need that balance. You need like the energy and then the like uh, whatever the whatever it is. 
that people do when they're more analytical, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's rad. I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Hey, thank you. Love it. So again, it's called Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater. Go subscribe. And uh, all right, we'll be back soon, guys. Peace. See you next time, true believers. Wait, that's not it. Until <laughs> next time, true believers. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.